the future of photography. Right, here, we're going to go back into the past for a moment, if I may. Time um, travel. What is the... Ooh, yeah, I'm making time travel Good noises noise. here. Good noise. <laughs> Always end up sounding like Zoidberg. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Okay. That that's good. 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 Uh, good. Quick digression. Anyway. Um. So yeah. Quick back into the past. Um. What is the first operating system that you remember working with? Um. It was um, the the thing on the Commodore sixty four. God. Me too. Yeah. Well, I don't remember. Thirty nine kilobytes free. Something ready. Like that, ready. Wasn't prompt it? and then load something from a data set from a cassette. Thing. Yeah, yeah. From, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, Programming uh, basic. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yes. Do you know what? That, that that's my first introduction as well. I remember me and my brother. I don't know what that operating magazine was called though. <laughs> it's as long as okay. We have just <laughs> we have just given away our age. <laughs> yeah. Well, never mind. Never mind. So, the, the, so that was what that uh, just over thirty years ago. Now, maybe th- maybe thirty-five years oh, ago. Some, sometime in the eighties, mid eighties. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Okay. And and between now and then, have you had any favorite operating systems along the way? <sighs> Tough. Um, OS two maybe. I was a nerd. I played with IBM's uh, OS2 Warp. Yeah, I remember that. Yes. Yes. I don't think I'd used it much. I think I remember playing with it literally. Just yeah, it was it was playing that. because it wasn't... It was great. Uh, it, it would run great on my 4 megabytes of RAM. But but don't start any any programs. The operating system itself was fine, <laughs> but you couldn't really use anything on that. No, it was, it was more it, yeah. a theoretical uh, exercise of multitasking and stuff that was very new for me back then okay right so let's skip forward to the present right so so what operating systems do you use today um mac os ios and linux okay cool all right um and for me i use i use windows um mostly for in my professional life for work because clients tend to use windows mm-hmm. um uh, for myself personally i use mac os and ios um, I'm trying to think if I use anything else. Probably, probably not actually at this point. Um, and the and the Linux thing for me is not a like on a desktop. But uh, anyone who's listening to this podcast right now, this came from a Linux based server, so it's mostly the server side of things that uh, that runs on Linux. Yeah, we probably shouldn't tell everybody that that your geeky side means you like to run your own servers and and manage all of that deep technical stuff. Oh, that... I love to be in control of all of these things. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know that you do, but that's a good thing, right? That's good skills, and and uh, it, it's interesting. And you're somebody who has an interest in that sort of stuff, which is great. So I, I, t- today's show, the, the reason for that line of questioning is, uh, well, it's quite simply, is I want to talk about a, an operating system today and mm-hmm. the future of photography in, in that sense. So um, uh, just a quick call back to show forty eight, which about three months ago. Um, was was a show that uh, we talked about a little project I have going on at home, which is I've I've carved out a space for myself in the house, and uh, was talking about we were talking about the the ultimate future of photography sort of office or desk space workflow setup. Um, right, uh, I remember that. Yes, 
Yeah, yeah. And uh, at that point, it was a project that was, was quite new. Um, and I was just sort of starting to think about, well, what kind of shape of desk do I need and, and, and things like that? How am I going to wire things in and, and all that sort of stuff? Okay. And, uh, I made a decision since then. That's and, good. And uh, I, I, I have decided to build this work area uh, around being iOS native. Okay. That's, oh, I, I sense your disapproval already. <laughs> no, no, but I, I would no, no, not at all. I'm, I use iOS on my iPhone. I have an iPad, which I don't really use that much. Um, I'm very much married to macOS at this point, and the possibilities it gives me. But uh, the form factor of a of an iOS device is definitely the <laughs> the nicer one, and the power that these things have is better than a lot of the laptops out there, at least the the, the pro iPads. So, yeah, uh, there's 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 there's. I mean, I've been thinking about this, and I I couldn't do that step at this point, but uh, I would be. I'm very, very excited to hear about what you're doing in this respect. Well, did you remember some years ago there was the, uh, there was an Apple advertising campaign with the slogan "Think Different"? Yes. Okay, right. So, so that's the thing you've got to do first and foremost. Okay, so you got you've sure. got to think slightly differently because, yeah, truth, truthfully, you can't do the same things, or not, at least you can't do things the same way. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the little difference in the thinking that you've got to get your head around. And it's not easy. But I do. And I've talked on the show uh, before. So I bought uh, relatively recently an iPad um, and how I was really impressed with it. And that one of the reasons I bought it is because I could edit 4K video natively with no lag on an iPad where I couldn't <laughs> do it on my MacBook or my iMac or anything like It's kind of amazing, isn't it? It, it is kind of amazing it is and, and since then actually they've upgraded the the ipads and things are probably even better i'm not going to buy one of those because my one's pretty new anyway and it's perfectly good enough for me but uh yeah so i thought i've i'm i'm part way through an experiment which i have to say you know, spoiler alert it's actually going quite well okay but i'm part way through an experiment of trying to be ios native now that doesn't mean i don't use other stuff Right. Yeah. So for talking to you right now, because of the setup that we use to record this show, I'm using my MacBook and, mm-hmm. you know, that's that that's a thing. So, I yeah. I, and uh, that's not something that uh, I feel bad about because being iOS native is not for me. Anyway, it's not for me. It's not about that's the only thing that I use, you know, like like you have different cameras for different purposes. You know, you can have different computers for different purposes. But what I'm trying to do is to focus it down so that that's the way I, I like to work. You know, that's the way I work natively, which means that because I carry a phone in my pocket, I'm not making a compromise when I use that phone, with the possible exception of the size of the screen, of course. <laughs> but everything comes naturally. Mm-hmm. So... Loads of things to talk about here. There is about size of screens and how you do editing. There's about workflow. There's about simply, you know, h- how do you do it? What are the steps that you do it? And and uh, all of that. It's interesting. 
it, it's interesting because it, it, link, it links in. I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here with big ears because I'm, uh, it links in with the podcast episode that I recently listened to, the Accidental Tech Podcast, where uh, Marco Armand, one of the three guys on the on the show, had this this thing where he traveled on an airplane and he had his MacBook Pro with him to be able to do some programming work. And then he had this iPad Pro with him for other stuff. And it was like these two different devices. And then he looked over to this other guy who had one of these uh, Windows tablet slash convertible laptops. And he's been using that in the tablet mode. And then he turned it around and it was a laptop. And then he turned it around and turned it back into tablet mode and used a pen to mark up documents and things. So, um, and he was, he was kind of jealous of that, of the, of those possibilities. <laughs> um, and, and don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm, I'm not making disapproving noises. I mean, I've, uh, I don't know, 10 years ago, I switched from Windows to the Mac. This was relearning and changing my ways of doing things quite drastically. So I'm not okay. a stranger to that. So, um, Well, what I'm going to ask you to do now, right, okay. because you know, you're a photographer, I'm a photographer, I'm pretty sure most of our listeners are photographers. <laughs> um, I, I thought what might be the good thing to do to try and help people understand a little bit more about how this works is rather than me explain what I'm doing for you to challenge me on stuff, for you to ask me questions about whatever it is that you think might be, you might want to be know about of doing photography stuff on okay. iOS natively. And I'll tell you about how I'm experimenting and what I'm learning at the moment. Right. So I, I will, I totally know what I'm going to challenge you about because <laughs> uh, I've had those thoughts and I was thinking about how would I f fix, or how would I figure out a few things that, or that, that might become stumbling blocks for me. So those are the ones I want to focus on. Um, the first one would be the storage space. If you are out on the road, if I'm out on the road and I shoot a photo tour, um, I might shoot 4,000 raw photos in in two weeks. So I'm, I kind of depend on having external hard drives and, and stuff to put those photos on. Uh, I don't know. How big, is, how big is your iPad? How much uh, disk, in quotes, does it have? Uh, I think it's a 256. Okay, so um, that will so, hold... So the, the same as my MacBook Pro. <laughs> uh, all right, so that will hold a decent amount of photos. Yeah, and, and you can get them bigger than that now. I think, yeah, I'm pretty sure you can get at least 512s, and I think perhaps you might even be able to get a terabyte, but I don't take that as gospel. You might need to look that up. Mm -hmm. Do you use iOS's native onboard stuff to, to work on your photos, or are you set on, let's say, Adobe Lightroom Mobile? Okay, so can I answer that in about three different levels? <laughs> Go ahead. Because the because your, where you're getting to is 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 a bit about workflow, isn't it? And oh yeah, of course, because because uh, that's what I'm, my my entire existence in photography after taking the actual photo is the workflow. Yeah, yeah. So so that and and there's there's several steps, isn't there, in most people's workflows? There's the one you might call ingest, mm -hmm. uh, and then there is the one you might call digital asset management. Mm -hmm. And and then there's the one that you would call maybe editing or post production, and and they do work. All three of those work, um, but they do work in slightly different ways. So uh, let let me describe to you the the first one, the ingest one, and uh, this is one where iOS, I have to say, is less good. Okay. 
Um, and the reason for that is that if you uh, using an SD card reader or whatever, you know, pl- plug that into your iPad or your phone um, and you have an SD card in it that's come out of a camera, the operating system senses that it's come out of a camera and will only let you go into photo import mode on the on the iOS Photos app. Wow. Oh, okay. So the the third third parties uh, cannot directly import photos. Not in that sense. No. Now I, I, I I'm looking. I'm continuing to look for a, a solution to this, and it's something that's a lot been written about. And there are some people that have some slightly odd workarounds and stuff like that. But um, yeah, it, it, if if you're just using the iPad or phone. Uh, and a card reader, then then that's what happens. If you use interim steps, for example, if you have one, uh, 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 you know, one of these new sort of hybrid um, battery hard drive card reader units, like the Western Digital one, for example, mm-hmm. um, you can ingest your photos onto that, and then use an app to treat them as files because the ingest isn't through the operating system at that point it's through whatever is the extra device that you've got so there are definitely workarounds for it and uh, i don't have one of those at the moment i have been thinking about it but this is where you get to the think different thing again and i was thinking to myself well why fight it why if 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 you're trying to adopt an operating system as your as your go-to your native uh, operating system why fight it Oh, that's a very valid question. Yeah. So, so my 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 ingest flow and and backup flow at the moment is this: I'm just importing everything into the Photos app, um, which has some really good features. It's really good at handling JPEG raw pairs. So, if like me, you shoot JPEG and raw because actually you might want to quickly share something, and a JPEG's good for that. Um, and but of course, you always also want the, the 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 rich data set that you get in a raw file. Actually, um, photos on iOS and on macOS really good at handling those. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so that's good. Um, it make it, it, it's uh, it's a pretty good import user interface. That's good. It doesn't do some of the good, some of the whizzy things like you know the you can't the it um, iOS is not great for keywording images. So so that if you're the sort of person that likes to keyword your images at ingest, then then, then that's much trickier. Um, I haven't found a way to do that yet. Um, but uh, you know, broadly speaking, if you're prepared to adapt, actually it works quite well, and it means that you don't have to carry an external hard drive around either, which is mm-hmm. good. Um, so what happens next? Well, then you've got to think about backup, haven't you? Once you've done ingest, um, if you have an iCloud account, um, as soon as you get to a, a Wi-Fi network, um, it'll start backing those things up in the in, uh, automatically without you so, having to do anything. Yeah, without you having to do anything at all. And, yeah. uh, but you have to be on a on a on a reasonably fast connection. If you're going to shoot four thousand raw images, That's, yeah, I'm. <laughs> I'm yes. of course. I'm of course confronting you with the most extreme case that i can but that's okay with, yeah. that's good that's why i wanted you to challenge me for this so and yeah. so uh, of course i don't delete the cards i keep the cards and i bring them home and then when i bring them home so I the photo the photos a- come from a just a regular digital camera yeah yeah okay um, and then uh, when I take the ca- when I take the cards the, the the camera home and the cards home, I put I can put them in a computer and I get them onto my RAID drives so that they're backed up locally as well as being backed up in the cloud. Mm-hmm. So that that's the ingest thing. 
Um, then there's the asset management thing. And again, you've got to think slightly differently because the iOS photos app is, it doesn't have all of the features that uh, some of the really heavyweight uh, dams, digital asset managers have. So again, as I say, it's not, it's not great for keywording. Or, um, it's, it's not great for, it's not good for rating, although of course you can favorite stuff. It's pretty good at uh, managing albums. Uh, it's very good at sharing stuff. Uh, and, oh, and the question is how much keywording do you need to do because it does a fair bit of that automatically well i, I historically most of my keywording has been for people mm -hmm. and that's where the the app actually does work well because it's got facial recognition and you can create smart albums for people right um so so actually a lot of my keywording is taken care of by the, by other features within the app but if you're the sort of person that likes to keyword locations or something like that because you don't want to keyword those rather than use gps data you know th that sort of thing doesn't work but you know broadly speaking if you're prepared to make some compromises it works really well and then there's the editing mm -hmm. uh which of course <laughs> i don't need to talk about the rich range of apps on ios are available for Uh, editing. Everybody knows that there's lots and lots and lots. Um, what I will talk about just briefly is uh, is editing raw files on iOS. Um, and there, there's a couple of things to think about there, um, because of course you are you're forced into using the Apple native raw processor to right. demosaic and create the basic image. Um, so if you have a favorite raw engine, um, that's less available. <laughs> um, you have got to, you've got to go with what you got in the can, as it were. Um, and then uh, the uh, then you've got to find an app that is capable of processing the raws um, uh, and accessing them through your digital asset manager, the Photos app. And the uh, best one I've found so far is called Raw Power. Quick, quick question: sure. If you have raw file in the photos app you know yep. how when you edit you can use um third-party tools in there yes like you can hand stuff off to third-party tools one would be in in my case here i have affinity photo on my on my mac yeah yep. and i think it's probably the same with the uh with the ios version And I can use uh, parts of Affinity, like their develop module um, in Photos as a third-party editor. So it will hand that off to Affinity uh, Photo to do some part of the editing and then return it into Photos. Um, will that hand the RAW file off or will that hand the JPEG version off? That's a good question. Um, if you do it by using that handoff, it will use the JPEG. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you if you haven't got a JPEG pair, right, and so you've only got the raw file, then it will use, even worse, it will use the JPEG embedded in the raw file no! that is typically only used for a <laughs> thumbnail. So this is why you need to be clever. Yes. Okay. So um, uh, a group called Gentleman Coders um, who, who have uh, – um, I believe they, the people that founded this company uh, were ex-Apple people or something like that. I'm not entirely sure. Um, they have published an app for iOS called Raw Power. And it has, it's, it 
um, integrates very, very nicely with the iOS photo library on your device. So it will read all the albums and it will even pull out for you the raw files um, into a separate smart album that it creates so that you can get at the full raw and edit your raw file. And when you, you make non-destructive adjustments to it, just like you would in a, in a Lightroom or a, or a Capture One or an Affinity or whatever it is that you're using, and then it saves it, saves it back um, into the album in iOS Photos where you got it from in the first place. So it gives you all the ways of doing it. Um, what it means is, is that rather than have the, the asset management and the editing all in the one app, you actually use two apps for it. But hey, everybody's used to flicking through different apps on on their phone or their iPad, aren't they? Right. And I'm just looking at it. I think, no, I haven't, I haven't, I've just looked at it. I haven't bought it in the past, but, um, but it, yeah, it certainly allows you to do uh, a lot of the, the raw stuff that you can't really do natively yeah and and you know what this isn't supposed to be a hundred percent solution but even if you're the sort of person that likes to edit raw i'm pretty sure you could do the majority of your raw editing natively in ios sure and and if you're happy to trust cloud services and and you don't feel the need to have a, a local backup actually you could probably just do everything you want to do and use the cloud services to back up your images and distribute them and never need to have any other kind of device. I'm not sure that I'm there yet. I still prefer to have a physical local copy in my hacks, but there you go. (laughs) That's an age. It's an age thing. Um, So you, you ingest onto the iPad, you do the, the management, the asset management on there, you and and of course all the cloud syncing that comes with it. So you will find those on your on your MacBook as well. Then your the photos, you do raw yep. editing on the iPad using the Raw Power app. Um, oh, and and if you if you're happy to edit non raw um, you know images, then you can use any of the other images, or you can use something like Raw Power to save as a you know to export as a JPEG or a TIFF or something like that. And then you've got all the data, and you can edit it in any other image editor. Right. So th- that's that's all great, <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> the question that I know I know we're going to going to get to sooner or later is is of course the whole um the whole endless pit of talking about file handling in there because i come from a file-based world and while i use lightroom which is database uh centric it still has files under the hood and sometimes i need access to those files and i want to know where they are um and again it might be an age thing but files are kind of important and everything circles around files and while file handling has become better on iOS with the introduction of share sheets and different apps being able to register themselves into those share sheets and offer opening open open in functionality um yeah how are you, how are you getting along with that side of things well it's something that i again it's a different mental model so you have to think of the iOS photos app as your file system mm-hmm. uh, you know uh, and so you don't create folders you create albums and you and and if you're anything like me on my hard drives all my all my photos uh 
are saved into folders that relate to the date that something happened. It usually says something like, you know, 2018-07-23, summer holiday, or something like that. And that's what the folder is named on my hard drive. Well, there's nothing stopping you setting up an album in iOS that has exactly the same name. And you can use the same naming conventions. Uh, you just call them albums instead of folders. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you want to get access to those files and send them uh, places, uh, as you as you know, yes, you said yourself that you can open in, and what you can choose to do is you can actually export effectively using uh, to the uh, the iOS files app or any other, you know, or a, or a Dropbox or a Google Drive or whatever you want, um, and, and that you get access to your file that way. So if you if you're the sort of person that uh, is quite happy most of the time to let the 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 system manage the files but when you need one occasionally and you really want to take one somewhere else just export it to a different app okay that's okay too but don't forget if you were going to do that you could always do that on your computer you know because the you know the by by the time you need that file to do something with it really detailed um it will have synchronized through the cloud and it will be appearing on your computer when you get home and so you can just export it out of the mac os version of the app um and then deal with it on your computer in however way you see fit so how what what percentage of your photography workflow happens in ios at this point are you fully converted or how often do you kind of have to go back to the computer to do something that you couldn't do on ios or that was too cumbersome or too different <laughs> Uh, so couple of things really, um, almost, uh, almost all of it is feasible. Um, there's, there's two or three things that are hard. Um, one is when I shoot film and my lab sends me a CD. <laughs> that is not helpful. <laughs> I have no CD player on my, on my iPad. <laughs> I've been on at the film. In fact, he's been on the Sunny 16 podcast, the guy who runs the lab. <laughs> he's been on the Sunny 16 podcast. And I've been saying to them, guys, you've got to use a, a, a cloud service to deliver stuff. And I'm like, yeah, we're thinking about it. We're thinking about it. So uh, at this point, I only actually have one computer in the house that has an optical drive. And that is my rather aged iMac, uh, which at this point is probably about seven or eight years old. Um Uh, so, so, uh, what I do there is I, I, uh, I use the Mac OS photos app to ingest from the iPad. Mm, okay. Um, uh, and so, 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 so that's how I deal with that one. Uh, a second one is, um, is if you have thousands of files and you really only want to do the to, to put the selects into the the uh as asset manager and have them synchronized to the cloud so that that's still a bit clunky um because uh although you can review every single image um it, before you import it you don't have to import everything that's a process you have to go to you can't just sort of go you know right i'm gonna dump on the computer and come back to them later sort of thing so at least i've got a backup you can't do it quite like that um, although I personally, I don't tend to shoot at very high volumes. And of course, if that was a big issue, you could always ingest them all automatically. And then when you get back to base and you've got a proper computer, you could delete them out of your cloud library or, or just export them to a hard drive instead. So it, it, it's a bit clunky, but you can get around it. 
And I think that's the the lesson of the story. That, that's that's the lesson here uh, is is you can get around it. Um, I'm trying to think of something else that I can't do. Well, in, instead of ending mm. this on a on a negative note, what are the three most awesome things about this new way okay. of doing things? Three most awesome things about this is. Uh, number one is the creativity you can get using iOS apps to edit your photos rather than anything else. And this is where we come back, of course, to our hashtag TFOP now and celebrating <laughs> all of those tools that we use, you know, for, you know, for, 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 you know, really the creative purposes that, that, that can be explored and experimented with that you just can't get using Lightroom on a computer. <laughs> You know? That was a jab in um, my direction. <laughs> it's, it's, no, 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 it's not. You keep you keep your digital SLR and your Lightroom and yeah. you, you, you keep making your two-dimensional photographs. It's all good. He, he, he said <laughs> while patting me on the head, yeah. Oh, well, you know. There, there. You, you, know you, you, you brought that on yourself. I did not say that at yeah. all. Um, and so so that's great. Lo loving that I'm, uh, and loving the creativity you can get out of stuff. Stuff like that and yes sometimes it's really cheesy or cliched and but sometimes actually you get something genuinely new and good and inspiring out of it um uh the the second thing um the second thing is that you never have to you never really have to worry about cloud back backups ever again you know because you, you just you know sign just up happens. for a cloud yeah. it just happens right you don't have to so so that's no longer a feature of my workflows I'll, oh god yeah i haven't done that for six months i better do some cloud backups um and the third thing is it's just fun um you know there's something about sitting down on a sofa uh, you know with yeah and and editing with your finger or an apple pen or um i you know, i do also have a little stand uh that i can put mine on and use it with a, a, a an old a apple magic keyboard are they called magic keyboards i know the bluetooth uh, one apple um, keyboard. Using, yeah pa pairing it with one of those and um uh and having yeah and and just you know that that's better for doing things like email and stuff like that and uh, just to have a keyboard um but but it's fun i don't know why but that something even if you're using an ipad in almost a laptop mode you know with a keyboard and stuff like that it's some somehow it feels more fun it than takes, sitting it takes that of some it. of the friction out of things yeah it does it does yeah. it does and so you know it's fun and it's creative and I'm really enjoying it. Okay, let's let's just have some fun. Don't forget to post your pictures using the hashtag TFOP now. And we'll be back in a week from now. Until then, take care, everyone. Bye. Okay, okay. Um, stop, 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 stop the, stop the presses. Stop the presses. Episode 60 is not over yet because we've completely forgotten to wish everyone a happy new year. Yeah. Happy new year, everybody. 2019 which means which means for a for a few weeks i'm gonna make mistakes writing the date for sure that's <laughs> just what happens it already means it also <laughs> means we're already in the future but there you go <laughs> very true okay everyone have isn't a great isn't it blade runner year is it blade uh, runner uh, year uh, 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 uh. is it 2019 oh i think so because because we had we had back to the future year didn't we because that was um 85 no. 2015 okay i hmm. think blade runner was 2019 
Answers on a postcard, please. <laughs> we are in a, in a sort of a dystopian times. Uh, so, yeah. Anyway, everyone have a wonderful 2019. And uh, that's it for this episode. Take care. Bye-bye. You've been listening to The Future of Photography, a production by Adrian Stock and Chris Marquardt. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your other podcasts. Find the show notes and more information at thefutureofphotography.com. Hold up. 